This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch! Larry Legend does it again! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20 at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. Though it wasn't a weekend with back-to-back triple headers, I'm guessing B-Train two days of football double headers still meant a no-shoes weekend for Mr. Bertrand Berry? Uh, it always means no shoes. Unfortunately, I had to go back home for one of my best friend's mom's funeral, but, uh, you know, it, it was uh, a tough weekend. But nevertheless, I got to watch all the games, and uh, it was a great, great weekend of football. And anybody that, that loved the game definitely uh, had a good time and was thoroughly in this weekend. Many believe that the divisional round weekend, the best weekend of football. We will talk about what happened in the NFC and AFC as we go here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Welcome, Bird Gang. We join you every Tuesday morning, 11 a.m. year-round, talking all things NFL and including the Cardinals. And we expect, we hope, that the Cardinals are in the playoff picture and reach the postseason next year but for that to happen here gentlemen we need players to step up whether it's their second year third year fourth year or just stepping up as far as what their role is expected to be we like what they we saw a year ago now in 2021 who is poised to make that leap and we challenge both of you Mike Jarecki and Bertram Berry to come up with an offensive player and a defensive player, and let's just kind of do a roundtable discussion here. And B-Train, we know what you like to say, defense wins championships. So we'll start on that side of the ball. For the Cardinals to be successful in 2021, a part of that plan to be successful, what player do you see stepping up or you would hope to step up this coming season? The one guy that I want to see step up is Isaiah Simmons. We saw glimpses. We had little taste of, of, of what he could do and his athletic ability. Now I want to see him do it for an entire season. We know he has the package. He was a first-round draft pick for a reason. I think anybody that watched him play, you could see why he was picked so high and, and why they had such high expectations. Uh, of course, he got caught in a numbers game this year, and, and that's a good thing. You can never have too many good defenders. But I think next year he has to really take that next step forward. The game has to slow down for him just a tad. And I think you're going to see the full display of what Isaiah Simmons brings to this defense. And his versatility uh, should be front and center in order for this defense to thrive. Was not on the field a lot, MJ. And I think that was more because of Devondre Campbell being so productive early in the season. But Campbell is to become a unrestricted free agent. And you would think that lining up next to Jordan Hicks, to B-Train's point, would be Isaiah Simmons. Of course, you can move him around. But at least initially, you would pair him up with Hicks at inside linebacker. Yeah, I mean, it, we I think we like his versatility. And the Cardinals were consistent early in the season where he was playing the weak side linebacker. He, he only played 360. 76 defensive snaps, average about 27 per game. Um, it fluctuated based on sub packages, and you're right, Campbell did miss some time 
Uh, I would agree with Bertram Berry. Now, there's there's other options out there. Zach Allen, we talked about. He's got to, you know, stay healthy and get stronger. Jalen Thompson, you know, what's his ceiling? Uh, Byron Murphy obviously made some strides. And then you got the two uh, defensive tackles, Lucky Foto and Rashad Lawrence. But Isaiah Simmons, to me, and we don't know what the offseason is going to look like. It could be virtual again, and I think, you know, we just got to wait and see with the vaccine. But, you know, I do think they're going to reduce the preseason possibly to two or three games. Um, and then if you get a full training camp, um, he should be a, a starting inside linebacker next to Jordan Hicks, and he shouldn't come off the field. That's what I think of him, and I think he showed his versatility. So I would go with Isaiah Simmons, too, because we're talking about the eighth overall pick in the draft. Yeah, you want to see that jump. And to his – I mean, every rookie dealt with it. Some handled it better than others as far as their productivity, given the fact that there was no offseason and no preseason. Yet, to MJ's point, B-Train, we still don't know what this offseason is going to look like as far as whether these players and coaches can be on the field. Nothing has been decided. We don't know about OTAs, minicamp, what training camp is going to look like, and it certainly would be to a detriment not only for this incoming draft class, but last year's draft class having two off-seasons with no activity going into the regular season. That's right, and that's why I think Lecky Foto and Rashard Lawrence definitely are, are might uh, be and, and, and be, be if you want to uh, <laughs> label it like that. Those two definitely have to uh, become stalwarts on that defensive line. I, I thought Coach Buckner did a great job of getting them ready, and they played uh, under some, some unfortunate circumstances, losing some of the veterans like Corey Peters and, and Chandler Jones and those type of guys. And, and uh, it, it was trial by fire for those young guys. And I thought, given the circumstances, I thought they went in and did a great job. Another guy you look at is Zach Allen. Zach's got to really take that step forward and really be in every game, every down type of defensive lineman, too. He's got to be available. I know he's had some injuries here the first couple of years, but he's definitely got to be a guy that they can count on to be in that rotation as they try to shore up that, that defensive front. You look at Lucky Foto, he played 284 snaps, about 25 per game, only played 21% of the snaps. And Rashard Lawrence obviously had some injuries. He played 166 snaps, about 18 per game, 15%. I got to anticipate, depending on what they think of Corey Peters moving in the, uh, in the offseason here, obviously a great locker room guy getting up there in age. Um, but I got to assume they want to get that rotation. And so I anticipate those snap counts should go way up in year number two under Brinson Buckner. And hopefully a healthy Jordan Phillips as well, because True. if the postseason has shown us anything, you have to be good at the line of scrimmage, both on the defensive side and the offensive side. So let's flip it here as we continue talking about players that we believe need to make a major impact or a giant leap forward outside of the quarterback. I think Kyler Murray from year one to year two did take that step. Now there's another step that needs to be taken. But, MJ, as you look at this offense as far as whether that's the line or the skilled position players in 2021, who has to take a step forward or raise their hand and say, yes, I want more attention given to me. I want more of an opportunity. Well, first of all, the Cardinals have a lot of free agents, and we know the cap's going down, so I think some veterans will get squeezed. Kenyon Drake is not under contract, and I anticipate the Cardinals are ready to hand it over to Chase Edmonds. He played 525 snaps, 32 per game, 46%. Uh, obviously, Kenyon Drake played more. 
Um, and I do think the Cardinals will make him the bell cow. Can he carry the load? We're going to find out. But I do think the Cardinals will draft the running back somewhere in the second, third, or fourth round. So I think Chase Edmonds, it's time for him. And I think we've all been intrigued. Now, can he carry the load? That's the question moving forward. Well, there has to be that second guy. much the like we saw. Punch. Yes, like we saw with Drake and Edmonds. How about you, B-Train, as you look at that offensive side? You certainly would love an opportunity for Chase Edmonds to take that next step, whether he's a starter or not. We know his ability to catch the football out of the backfield, but can he run between the tackles effectively, not just for a stretch, but an entire game over the course of several weeks? Yeah, I really like that pick. Uh, I thought Mike did a great job of, of, of really uh, talking about that, that, that cornerstone, what's going to be how this team is going to be successful. I'm going to go uh, a two-headed monster. I'm going to go with, with Dan Arnold, and I'm going to go with Christian Kirk. I think for Christian Kirk – Yes, the injuries have played a part in him not being as productive, but we've seen him flash. If he can be that consistent guy to take the pressure off DeAndre Hopkins, I, I really believe that Kyler Murray and, and, and this offense can really take that next step. But then you start looking at the middle of that, that field, it, that, that's Dan Arnold's to have. He, he's the guy that, that is rangy. He's a tall guy. Uh, he can definitely be that Travis Kelsey-type guy for a, a Patrick Mahomes, if you will. And, and be a, a really uh, a comfort for 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 for, uh, for all for this whole entire offense, and, and for for Kyler Murray, a guy that can really uh, just give him that 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 third and five, that that right over the middle of the field, and, and be that mismatch against linebackers. I think Dan Arnold has to take that next step and be more consistent. And for Christian Kirk, he's just got to find a way to be healthy and be on the field and be available uh, much more often than he has been the first couple years. Yeah, I talked to a player after the season, and I, I said, you know, what are your thoughts on Kirk? And, and obviously the injuries, but I think it was maybe a, two weeks ago, maybe 10 days ago, he finally came off the COVID list. So he told me that COVID definitely affected him. He didn't have his strength, and I don't know about the smell and taste, but, um, you know, hopefully that's behind him because it's scary. You don't know how it's going to affect certain players. But, you know, when he's in the game and, you know – we were all hoping he'd be that number two receiver, and he still has the opportunity because the organization believes in him, but he's also approaching a contract year in the near future here. So it's a big offseason for Christian Kirk, just like it is for Andy Isabella and a key, I'm sorry, uh, Keyshawn Johnson because they just don't have enough playmakers on offense at the wide receiver position. Kirk finished second behind DeAndre Hopkins as far as receiving yards, but fourth when it came to catches in 2020. And then you look at, well, if you want to be able to throw the ball, you want to be able to run the ball, MJ. The entire right side of that offensive line is scheduled to become unrestricted free agents as far as J.R. Sweezy, although late in the season it was Justin Murray at right guard. Kelvin Beecham is scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent. What happens with him? And then you look at who's already on the roster, young players looking to step up. How about a Josh Jones, who the Cardinals drafted in the third round, didn't see a lot of time, usually as an extra offensive lineman, but he's he penciled in now as your right tackle. Or Lamont Gilliard as well, who we know can play inside and is very versatile a la like Earl Watford was. Well, and I'll throw another name out there, Marcus Gilbert, kind of like Robert Alford. Now, he opt out, but Marcus Gilbert got hurt before the opener a couple of years ago. Um, I believe he's under contract. I think Correct. it was a two-year deal. I was impressed with Kelvin Beach, and I thought he was steady. Uh, Josh Jones gives you some flexibility. Could he be your swing tackle? We know he played a lot of left tackle at Houston, different conference than the SEC. 
Um, so I, I think at the end of the day, they're going to rely on Sean Kugler. Um, I will say this, though. That's one unit where they started you know, playing other guys. Sometimes they were playing seven guys, and I understand bringing Josh Jones, but I think you've got to settle on five guys. Uh, I understand the Giants are doing because they're trying to find out what they have uh, on their roster in the, f- in the future. I think Kugler's got to settle on the top five guys. If you want to go mass protection, you got a couple tight ends there. So uh, I do think that you know Murray is more athletic than J.R. Sweezy. Uh, we know Murray can play four different positions besides center. I do think the Cardinals may have to look at Mason Cole and, and say, is there an upgrade there, or are we still waiting for him to develop? Because he got pushed around a lot this year. The left side is excellent. You've got one of the best in D.J. Humphreys. You've got Justin Pugh, who I know would love to get better as far as how he performed, especially when it came to penalties. And then you look, B-Train, what we've seen so far here in the postseason, you have to have depth at the offensive line, but you just have to have a solid offensive line, individuals working together as one unit to allow the quarterback to do what he does best. And when the quarterback is, is clean and he's able to, to survey the field, uh, you see at, in the divisional round and you're going to see in the, in the conference championships, these quarterbacks are all capable of, of picking you apart. And the only thing that they need is that time. And, and the offensive line is always going to be that, that cornerstone. If you don't have a good offensive line, then it's going to be very difficult to have success in the NFL. That's just the nature of the beast now. That's where we are. Uh, in 2021, you have to be able to keep that quarterback healthy and keep him upright because uh, these defenses are getting more and more exotic and these athletes are getting more and more athletic. So you, you have to be able to, to hold them at bay, if you will, and, and, and keep those pass rushers off your quarterback. Now, obviously, I don't, I don't mind those, those guys being on quarterback because that's what I did, and, and I love to see it. But in order for your team to be successful, those quarterbacks have to be upright delivering the ball down the field on time. In fairness to the Cardinals' offensive line, I mean, they still were in the top five. Uh, you know, clearly down the stretch, I thought they could have played a lot better. And, and, and let's be honest, they were going against good fronts, but they got to cut down on the penalties. Find yourself behind the sticks. And, and Pugh had a lot of penalties this year. You had false start penalties for Mason Cole. That has to change, and that comes with discipline from either the coaching staff or the head coach. Bird Gang, make sure you stay updated to all of the Cardinals news this offseason. You can do that by updating to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Mike Derecki, and Bertrand Berry, when we come back, we take a look at what has been happening around the Cardinals as far as their division opponents. A lot of news coming out of the NFC West. We'll touch on that next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Aaron Rodgers under center. Rodgers will take the knee. He'll pump his fist, pump it a second time. The teams will make their way out to midfield. Rodgers hurls the football into the seats, 12 rows deep. Somebody's got the souvenir of a lifetime as the Green Bay Packers will close out this win over the Los Angeles Rams. And the road to Super Bowl 55 in the NFC will go through Green Bay. 
32-18 the final as the Green Bay Packers up in and eliminate the Rams to advance the NFC Championship game. As you heard, Kevin Kugler on Westwood One will talk in depth on that contest here in a moment. But with the Rams now eliminated, the Seahawks the week before eliminated, and the NFC West, a division B train that certainly going into this 2020 regular season was looked at as one of the best, if not the best, in all of football has no one remaining now and of course now we've got some changes and we'll get into those but uh, how surprised are you that outside of the Cardinals not making the postseason but neither the Seahawks nor the Rams are still alive here in the 2020 postseason it happens I am a little surprised but this is what happens when you don't have home field advantage when you don't have the opportunity to play at home and I know the Seahawks did and they were upended by the Rams in the previous round but it's very difficult to, to go to another team's uh, stadium and, and beat them. I know you don't have the crowd and, and you don't have the noise and the other elements that you normally do, but it, it's still that, that grind of having to go on the road, having to get on a plane, and, and, and you're out of your normal schedule and, and go beat a team that is really, really good uh, in their comfort. So this, this is why having that top seed is so valuable. And, and I thought the NFL did a great job as far as the pairing and, and the one, only the top seed gets home field. It, it, it really is geared towards them to, to be knocked off. So uh, it's this incentive for this division and in particular the Cardinals to make sure that they're not on the outside looking in. And even when they're in, to make sure that they're in a position of power to where everybody has to come here to, to State Farm Stadium in order to get to Super Bowl 56. You know, you can make the case that it was poor quarterback play down the stretch. Uh, I mean, I give Jared Goff credit for playing, but, I mean, um, you know, they go in there with an injured Aaron Donald. He's on the sidelines, but, you know, they didn't get what they needed from Goff, and we'll see what happens there. And then Russell Wilson, after that game, they end up letting go of Brian Schottenheimer because Pete Carroll wants to run the ball more. And I thought when – you know, Chris Carson came back. I like that three-headed monster, but I think poor quarterback play. And, you know, you look at the division, we'll see what happens with Garoppolo. And then, you know, you got Kyler Murray who started learning the position. So I, I thought, you know, even though you had the best defense in, in, in the second half of the season, you still have to go on the road, as B-Train pointed out, and beat an Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, Craig, you may not want to hear this, but I think B-Train's on to something here when it comes to defense. <laughs> you see you see the scores over the weekend, 32-18, um, 30-20. You start looking at 17-3, and then you start looking at 22-17. We're not seeing these 45-43 to games. B-Train's been right. When it gets to the postseason, you have to have a good defense that can travel, but you have to be able to run the football and score some points. And B-Train, these defenses are being rewarded because now that the Rams are no longer in the postseason, changes are coming and players or coaches, I should say, are being rewarded. And Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley is now the Chargers head coach. Just one year as the defensive coordinator, yet that defense ranked number one in yards allowed per game and points allowed per game. This is the third assistant under Sean McVay to get an NFL head coaching job. Matt LaFleur with Green Bay, Zach Taylor with Cincinnati. Those were two offensive-minded. Now you've got a defensive-minded coming out of that McVay tree, and Staley B. Train is the Chargers' new head coach. And when you start talking about success, this is what happens. When you're successful, uh, you start to get uh, you start to have your assistants taken away from it. We've seen this 
uh, throughout the years with Andy Reid. We've seen this throughout the years with Bill Belichick and, and his coaching staff. That those, those men are constantly being uh, top candidates for head coaching vacancies. And the fact that there have been 15 openings in the last two years, that just shows that there's been a lot of impatience with these organizations as far as, as letting these coaches stick around. So you have to be able to come in, establish your culture, and do it uh, in, in a very relatively quick time because you're not getting uh, the five, six years like, like uh, great coaches of old were afforded. So it, it has to be win and win now. Otherwise, changes will come. This is the second straight offseason in which the Rams are looking for a new defensive coordinator. What might they do? Steve Weish on the NFL Network on what that vacancy might be filled with. Now, as for the Rams, of course, they, they lost the defensive coordinator for the second year in a row, Wade Phillips, now Staley. What are they going to do? You're starting to hear names like Raheem Morris, the former Falcons interim head coach, possibly going to the Rams or then promoting someone like Aubrey Pleasant the defensive backs coach who a lot of people thought Sean McVay was going to promote last season to the defensive coordinator position before they hired Staley. We'll see what happens there. Another defensive coordinator has left the NFC West. It has become official moments ago as the New York Jets made it official, of course, reports earlier in the week. But 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Sala landing his first head coaching job and is taking passing game coordinator Michael LaFleur with him as his offensive coordinator. So now you're looking at the 49ers needing to fill that D.C. job plus the O.C. job, and they have done that as well. They have promoted from within Demeco Ryan is the new D.C. Mike McDaniel is the new O.C. McDaniel was the run game coordinator, but B-Train back to this defense, two defensive coordinators out of the division, which had great quarterback play or at least high-profile quarterbacks within the division now being rewarded with their own teams as far as head coaches are concerned. And that's what you want to see. You don't want to just see offensive coordinators get rewarded. You know at some point the defense is – play a role in these teams' overall success as well. And now you're starting to see that love on that side of the ball. And I think it's well overdue. And, and uh, for, for Salah, I thought he did a great job with the 49ers the last couple of years. And, and uh, they were just snake-bitten with injuries this past year. But, you know, when I started talking about teams and competition for the Arizona Cardinals, there's one scenario out there when you start talking about quarterbacks that I absolutely don't want to see, and that is, Somehow, Jimmy Garoppolo is is, is uh, cast aside for uh, Deshaun Watson. I mean, I, we know Deshaun Watson is not really happy in Houston right now, and and just the thought of him with Kyle Shanahan just just that 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 doesn't sit well with me. But uh, I, I don't want to see that because that's just another great quarterback here in the NFC West, and and we don't need any more of those. We we've got plenty uh, as, as far as as competition. So uh, with these defensive coordinators leaving. Hey, that that's great. Uh, those defenses aren't as strong now that they don't have those those brilliant minds masterminding the, the calls. But I do believe that they know how to hire quality guys. So I I, I don't think people are going to feel too bad for those coordinators and, and those coaches uh, that lost those coordinators. You know, this off season you're starting to see a lot of new names out there, and 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 the the Rams are going to benefit because they. Um, the Lions hired Brad Holmes, and they're going to get two third-round picks. And I think the Niners are going to get two third-round picks because they promote it uh, within with Demeco Ryan's. So you look at it. You know, obviously, the league is 
promoting more minority candidates from a standpoint, at least give them an interview. And now we're starting to see how these teams are getting draft picks from it. So, um, you know, to me, I, I was, you know, you look at Los Angeles and you're thinking they got Justin Hubert, but they, they feel like, you know, even though he's a defensive-minded guy, now when you go in these meetings, you got to go two or three deep on your coordinators. That, that's what the ownership and the GMs want to know. Um, but you you hire the best candidate, and Brandon Staley. I mean, his stock rose within one year. Yeah, it was an impressive rise for Staley. The other team in the division, the Seahawks, they're looking for a new offensive coordinator. And depending on how you look at it, Pete Carroll and Brian Schottenheimer no longer seen eye to eye. He was fired. They are now citing philosophical differences, a decision that was certainly not endorsed by Russell Wilson. He made that perfectly clear. But this was the head coach's decision. And now in Seattle, MJ, you're looking at what to do at the OC position because Pete Carroll made it very clear at season's end quote we have to run the ball better not even better we have to run it more end quote yeah and it sounds like uh schottenheimer didn't agree with that and that's how they parted ways now rumor out there that want to interview anthony lynn former head coach obviously an offensive mind uh he likes to run the football with talent adam gase is available if he doesn't you know sit out a year so you're going to see some household names and maybe they'll come out of left field with somebody else but uh clearly they were not on the same page with the head coach wanted and the offensive coordinator well you look at the seahawks the first seven games they rank third in total offense and third in passing offense yet they finished 17th in total offense and 16th in passing offense. Something changed their B-train between the first seven games and the last nine games, and I think we saw it as far as just what we saw on the field on Sundays. There was something different about that Seahawks team. It was, and, and they just they didn't have that, that same confidence, if you will. And, and remember that at the beginning of the year they were talking about left Russ Cook, and that was kind of the hashtag that was so popular, and, and Russell Wilson was – uh, by far and away, one of the clear-cut MVP candidates, and 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 he was doing amazing things uh, through the air, and and then for whatever reason, things just really took a turn. And I really believe the Cardinals had a lot to do with that when they had that first matchup. Uh, I believe Sunday night here at State Farm Stadium, they never really looked the same after that. And and for and and I don't know, you can credit the Cardinals, but I think maybe something internally was going on in Seattle. Uh, maybe some injuries. I, I don't know, but you're right. They they did not look the same, and and down the stretch, uh, they looked like a shell of themselves, and and it's unfortunate, but uh, that's the way that it goes. It's a war of attrition, and and the teams that that get out of it uh, the healthiest are the ones that are going to continue to advance. And uh, for the Seattle Seahawks, I think they may have peaked too soon, uh, too early in the season. Schottenheimer, three seasons as the OC, had a top 10 scoring offense each of those three seasons. Cardinals certainly looking at their own staff changes as well. According to reports, Tom Clements is due to retire. David Rye is no longer on the staff and reportedly is expected to be filled by Sean Jefferson, the former wide receiver, now also a wide receivers coach with the Jets. According to reports, he might be added to the Cardinals staff. More on that when those moves become official and we can dive further in what the Cardinals offensive coaches staff might look like. Look at it going into 2021. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, and of course this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Go ADGazyCardinals.com slash podcast for more information. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. 
Buccaneers need three yards. It's over. Third down and three. Brady goes under center, takes the snap, handoff to Fournette straight ahead, and he stumbles forward. He's got the first down. Down to the 25-yard line, and that'll do it. Leonard Fournette picks up the first down, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on their way to the NFC title game. Ryan Radke on Westwood 1, the final score, 30-20. to 20. Brady versus Breeze, part three, goes to Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. They were swept in the regular season by New Orleans and come away with the victory in the postseason as we welcome you back to the second half of the Cardinals Red Sea Report here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry. And you look at this Buccaneers-Saints contest, B-Train, I'll say it, Defense once again as the Bucks converted three of four Saints turnovers into touchdowns, and Devin White had a phenomenal game, a fumble recovery, an interception. He finished with 11 tackles, a tackle for loss, a quarterback hit, a pass breakup. Yes, the two quarterbacks got a lot of the attention going into that game, but coming out of that ball game, you have to credit Todd Bowles and that Tampa Bay defense. Uh, say that one more time, Craig. Uh, okay, right three. Here. <laughs> here, I'll do okay. it. I'll, I'll do it so you can. So uh, back in studio, uh, our producer Jim Omahundro and Cody Fincher can give it to you. Three, two, one. Defense once again, B Train is the story of the ball game. <laughs> yes, they are the story of the ball game, and and the thing that was so surprising is how poorly both quarterbacks played. Of course, both of these uh, quarterbacks were, were very storied and, and, and has a, a lot of success in the NFL. And, and the thing that's so crazy about this defense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is that they've got a lot of uh, veteran guys, but it's a relatively young defense. They've got a lot of young guys playing really well. And the fact that they were able to turn Drew Brees over so many times, it, you, you just looked at Drew Brees, and, and I think he started to really show – his age, unfortunately, and, you know, of course, we don't know if that was his final game or not, but uh, it, it definitely looked as if father time has caught up to Drew Brees, and uh, you do give credit to Todd Bowles and, and that opportunistic defense, and so uh, they were making plays all over the field. They, they just seemed to be a step quicker than the New Orleans Saints, and uh, with, with Tom Brady and, 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 and his play with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if you were to close your eyes and just listen to that game, it looked an awful lot like what he did in New England. It was, you know, short passes, you know, really getting the ball out of his hand, uh, not taking a lot of chances downfield. They, they took the shots, but it, it looked similar to his success that he had in New England. And I think for, for Bruce Arians to, to concede that, I, I thought that was big, but I think it paid dividends because now you're seeing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers one game away from Super Bowl 55. Yeah, and you talk about Sean Murphy bunting and, and Devin White, and you throw in uh, Carlton Davis. I mean, you're talking about a lot, young, a lot of young players, and then you throw in Sue, and you got JPP, and you got some veteran guys there, but uh, we know Todd Bowles is going to dial it up. Uh, but B-Train's right. Brady only threw for 199 yards, um, and then Drew Brees, the three interceptions, that, that cost his team. Leonard Fournette led him in receptions. Uh, Cameron Brait, he was second. Godwin Henley, you know, Mike Evans had one catch for three hours, but it was a touchdown. So uh, they find different ways to win, but uh, this is going to be a great matchup between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers coming up on Sunday. Yeah, 105 is the kickoff on Fox, the NFC Championship game. And by the way, the forecast calls for a high of 29 degrees with a 50% chance of snow shower. Certainly, and I found this hard to believe, B-Train, but this is the first time the Packers will host 
host the NFC Championship game with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. They've been here before, but now they've got, as you mentioned earlier in the show, that home field advantage. Yeah, limited number of fans, but one, they're loud. And two, if that weather is anything like we're expecting it to be, then that certainly favors the home team. It does favor the home team. And I'll just say this, as a spectator now, uh, the 29 degrees doesn't really phase me, but if I'm a player, uh, that's pretty dang cold. And if you're talking about inclement weather to go along with 29 degrees, yeah, I'm definitely thinking about that. But when you have the opportunity to get to a Super Bowl, those things really become minor. Now it's all about execution and, and making sure that everybody's locked into the game plan, everybody's on the same page. There's no there's no stone unturned. You have to make sure that, that you do everything bit of research that you can, all the film work, all the preparation on the practice field, everything is done crisp and, 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 and done effectively. And so um, uh, this is exciting times. I know uh, both of these quarterbacks are, are looking for football immortality. I think Tom Brady's already got it. But if you're, if you're Aaron Rodgers and he's able to get to another Super Bowl, this puts him in yet another class as far as all-time greats. And so uh, there's a lot of different storylines here in this game. And remember, this was also a, a week six rematch where the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers really put it on the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, and the Packers were up 10 nothing in that game here. The uh, Buccaneers scored 28 points in the second quarter, 10 in the third. Um, and you go back to Aaron Rodgers, we're talking about blitzing. Uh, he went three for 12, two interceptions against the Blitz in week six against Todd Bowles. So, I mean, it's – and you're talking about a warm-weather team going, obviously – uh, to Lambeau, so curious to see how they're going to work that out. I'm sure Arians is going to say it has nothing to do with the weather. No, of course not. You can't <laughs> use it as an excuse. And I know Brady's going to get asked about it a lot. He joked that his 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 blood is thinned out now that he's moved down to Florida. But if there's anyone, and there's a California kid, if there's anyone, MJ, that can that can deal with that inclement weather, goes to Michigan, then excels in New England. I mean, this this would be just like any other game, postseason game for Tom Brady. Craig, this is his 14th conference yeah, championship it's a, game. It's 14. You know, twice we, as many as the Joe next Montana. closest. Yes. Seven. Now, Montana was obviously, you know, very successful in Super Bowls, didn't really turn the ball over, but 14. How many did you reach, B-Train? Uh, I reached one, and I didn't even play 14 years. So that, that kind of lets you know just how remarkable this wow. man's career has been. So the, the, that's two more years than I actually played uh, in my career. So that, that, that should give you some sort of indication just how unprecedented Tom Brady's career has been. And, and it's just truly remarkable, and I, I feel privileged to be able to, to enjoy every single snap of it thus far. That is a great way to put things in perspective, B-Train, because, yes, he has been to more championship games than B-Train played seasons in the National Football League. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I, I assume he's going to play again next year, right? <laughs> I haven't heard anything else. And, listen, it's never happened. The team hosting the Super Bowl has never had the, the, the home team playing there. They're 60 minutes away from hosting the Super Bowl in Tampa. It would be incredible. Yeah, and of course, what's that, B-Train? No, I was just saying that that's just crazy. And to think that he has to go to the cold weather in order to have a shot to get back home to do something <laughs> else that nobody else has done. I mean, come on. There's, there's just no moss. No moss with Tom Brady. We get it. You're the best. We get it. Put it this way. They will have traveled on the road the entire postseason 
until the last game, which is supposed to be on a neutral site. It has been forever until this year, potentially. That is, if the Buccaneers can get by the Packers again, the NFC Championship game coming up. That is Sunday, the first game. The second game, the AFC Championship game, Bills at Chiefs. We'll touch on that next here as we continue. It's the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. The Buffalo Bills, for the first time since 1994, are going to the AFC Championship game. This magic ride for Josh Allen and the rest of the Bills will continue for at least one more week. The bench is empty. The clock is at 12 seconds and ticking. This one is over and the Chiefs are going to the AFC Championship game for the third consecutive year. But what is the status of Patrick Mahomes? He has to clear concussion protocol. It's a good question. Still waiting on that. We'll be probably waiting for a few more days as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Reports as we talk about the AFC Championship game. Bills at the Chiefs, 440 on Sunday, and that game televised on CBS. You heard the Bills' final call, Tom McCarthy, and then Kevin Harlan and Trent Green. Westwood won the final call on the Chiefs, eliminating the Brown 22-17. But Patrick Mahomes, third quarter, he got knocked down, and it didn't really – you couldn't really tell if he hit his head, but something snapped, and he was not in his right mind. Did not finish the ball game. Props to Chad Henney about what he was able to do. But the Chiefs now with a big question mark. They're at home but playing a very good Bills team, perhaps without Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you know, I think over the last 24 hours, they're describing maybe as a neck injury, a whiplash, but again, he was in concussion protocol. There are five different steps that he's going to have to go through. Um, You know, the players test uh, until signs of symptoms return to baseline status, so they've been interviewed interviewed before, and he's got to make sure his memory's there. Then the second step is cardio exercise. Then they increase more uh, on-field workouts were not with the team so there's five different layers that he would have to get approved if it is a concussion i agree with b train i I have a hard time thinking on a tuesday he's going to miss this game yeah and just the way he exited that ball game as well running down the tunnel to the locker room and then tweeting at the end of the ball game so knock on wood he is available to play as the chiefs will host the afc championship game for the third straight season never been done before in the afc even going back to the bills run the patriots run they have never had a team host that title game three straight years in the AFC but now you have it with the Chiefs again they eliminated the Browns 22-17 and the Bills beat the Ravens 17-3 not a great game offensively for Buffalo B train once again I'll say it mark it down 11:51 here on Tuesday January 19th the defense the story B train for the Bills to get by the Ravens Defense wins championships, and and the Buffalo Bills are the epitome of a really stingy defense. We saw them shut down the Baltimore Ravens, and and I think the Baltimore Ravens kind of shut themselves down. When you become one-dimensional and you don't really have a plan B, a la passing game, that that makes it very difficult to to win and and even come from behind. We saw them do it uh, in their first playoff game, and and, and kudos to Lamar Jackson and and the, the Ravens coaching staff and team, but you just can't do that consistently. You have to be able to, to uh, 
throw the ball in the air and, and, and be able to 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 uh, have a passing game of some sort in order to keep up, uh, especially when you start talking about a uh, Kansas City Chiefs team that's so prolific that will have Patrick Mahomes under center. So uh, this Buffalo Bills team is is old school the way that they they're built, and Josh Allen is playing as well as any other quarterback. Uh, in the NFL. So uh, this is going to be a, a matchup of two great teams, uh, total teams, uh, offense and defense, and, and, and both of these coaches are are, are, are very well equipped as far as, as getting their teams to play hard. And, and for Andy Reid, uh, this seems to be old hat. You talked about that stat, uh, third straight in the AFC. Well, the only other time that happened in the NFC was Andy Reid's Philadelphia Eagles. So he knows a little bit about Getting that home field advantage and, and hosting NFC or hosting conference championships, so uh, he, he's just a great coach, and, and I know that uh, uh, he will will get this this done, and uh, it, it's going to be very very interesting to see these styles and how they match up on either side of the ball. And you know, we look at what the Cardinals accomplished making the trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Well, you could say the same about Stephon Diggs, and, and it looks like Brian Dable is not going to be in the in the hiring circle this year, but they've been together for three years. Now the Bills, they only ran the ball 16 times for 32 yards. Of course, they did get that 101-yard um, touchdown. And we, we talk about the postseason special teams uh, plays and defensive uh, turnovers for pick sixes, or in this case for a touchdown. They get magnified even more in the postseason. But, you know, I, I think Josh Allen's playing with a lot of confidence right now, and it's going to be an inter- interesting matchup. This thing, I don't know, because we looked at the last week and not a lot of lot, high-scoring games, but potential on paper. Uh, who has the ball in the fourth quarter? Who has, has the less amount of turnovers? Who's probably going to win the game. Yeah, I could see first team to 35, maybe the first team to 40. This could very well be a high-scoring game. And I've been very impressed by the Bills team. They have not lost MJ since the Hale Murray against the Cardinals at State Farm Stadium. They are on a roll, and they are here in the AFC Championship game again for the first time since 1993, doing it with a young quarterback, the Chiefs with a young quarterback as well. As you look at this matchup, and I know you're a little bit biased from upstate New York, what do you see as far as the team coming away to win the AFC Championship? Well, we know the Chiefs aren't blowing teams out this year. I think they have six or seven wins by one score. I mean, I think Tony Dungy kind of put the recipe out there where maybe you rush three or four and then you drop seven in the coverage where he's got to throw in tight windows. We know he can make throws on the run. You know, I, I like the Ravens in the last game. I, I thought that the Ravens would be able to run the football and keep Josh Allen on the sidelines, and that wasn't the case until Lamar got hurt. So, you know, I just I just think that, you know, Buffalo's got a lot of momentum right now. They're, they're confident. Uh, the, the town's going nuts. Um, you know, even though they had 6,000 fans, it sounded like 50,000 were there. Um, I'm sure people are going to send them off when they go, go to the airport. But uh, this is, you know, you got to give them credit. They 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 made a head coaching change, brought in Sean McDermott, and Leslie Frazier needs more credit. I think Leslie Frazier should be getting interviews right now because what he was able to do to that Ravens defense was pretty impressive. We talked about snow perhaps being a factor in the NFC Championship game. Rain could be a factor in the AFC Championship game. Kansas City forecast temperatures in the mid to upper 30s and a 40% chance of the wet stuff. B-Train, who do you like coming out and representing the AFC in the Super Bowl? If Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, I don't see anybody slowing down the Kansas City Chiefs. They just have too many weapons, and they've got the ultimate mismatch in Tyreek Hill 
Uh, I know the Buffalo Bills have had a great run, and, and all the credit goes to uh, the coaching staff and the team. But uh, to me, this just seems like it's meant to be for the Kansas City Chiefs to make another appearance. And, and uh, I got them going up against the Green Bay Packers in all State Farm Super Bowl. So it should be fun. I was going to say, there's a what, three former Cardinals playing in that game? Tyron Matthew, Andre Roberts, and John Brown? Yep, and then if you look at the entire Tampa Bay coaching staff, it's all former Cardinals. It used to be Philadelphia or Pittsburgh East, now it's Tampa South. We will talk about who will be playing in the Super Bowl next week when we rejoin you here on the Cardinals Red Sea Reports. On that note, special thanks to those behind the scenes, Senior Broadcast Manager, Producer Jim Omohundro, Technical Director Cody Fincher. For Mike Jarecki, Bertram Berry, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time. The Cardinals Red Sea Report here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone, Kirk, he got it, he's in, touchdown! Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Oh, baby! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown! Cardinals win! This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.